Welcome back, universe. It's an SFBCPC mini-ep. That is an abbreviation for Sci-Fi Book Club Podcast Miniature Episode. On today's mini-ep, we'll be talking about Stranger Things, Season 1, Episode 5. Created by the Duffer Brothers and released in Earth Year 2016. I'm your host, Brent Aldrich, and with me as always, via Holographic Projection, my co-host, Mr. John Love. Hi, John. Mm, hey, Brent. And also joining me as always on the mini-eps, it's Steve. Hello, Steve. Why does Steve always join us on the mini-eps? It's because it's so tiny? He's so small. He's, yeah, he's, he's miniature. Okay. Can't do the big ups, though. Got to do the mini one. Just a little guy. All right. Just curious. Anyways, proceed. I believe that um, uh, at, at this point, uh, let's see, uh, Steve just took that swing at you and had a and, and, and missed, John. So uh, it, it's it's your move. The, the, the barber has fallen back into a chair. Steve has just swung at you with scissors. Yep. What do you do? Uh, I open up a rift in space and time below Steve's feet, which I dive through, uh, wave at him on the other side. Uh, what's your dexterity? Mine? Yeah. 14. Okay. You do open the portal, um, but um, as you're diving towards it, you do you you go in like a, like a cannonball sort of thing instead and uh, just fly right past it it is open however oh no yeah great uh everybody roll for initiative. Uh, great god one <laughs> well i rolled twice as well as last time it's a six for me low numbers but bring you up the initiative wow that's a surprise um, so are, are we continuing the D&D thing? Because I feel like, and you, you know, we can continue this in the next episode if you want that. It intentionally opened up the rift below Steve's feet, uh, like okay. expecting him to have to do some sort of dexterity save to not fall through. Oh, okay. Steve, what's, what, do you have a, what's your uh, dexterity modifier? Uh, I just want to fall through the portal. I'm not going to try and get out of the way. I'm going for it. I'm getting oh, out of this. You're just it. going for it. Okay. You do that. <laughs> You're like all the dipshits who just immediately yeah. run through these, you know, demonic buttholes. You didn't say it was a demonic bubble. You just opened the portal. This one's pretty shitty I mean, so far. S- by s- s- six of one, half dozen of the other, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Tomato, tomato with demonic butthole and portal. I mean, same thing in this Stranger Things universe. <laughs> I open beneath your feet looks actually a whole lot like a butthole. I, I should have clarified that before I... <laughs> we'll find out next episode. Things smells fishy. How will Steve get out of this mess? <laughs> 
Not without getting his hands dirty, that's for sure. Well, let's put a plug in this one. Until next time. <laughs> to be continued. Don't want to go down the toilet. Well, um, I just, I just want to say that in this episode, I this was an episode I liked a lot, and I feel like um, back in episode three when I was saying I kind of had internally the first time I watched made some predictions about what was going on, uh, like in that pool and etc. I feel like in episode five here, uh, my predictions were confirmed and explained. Um, so anyway, I uh, big big fan of this episode. What were those predictions that were confirmed? Oh. Okay. Oh, yeah. I didn't want to talk. That's right. I didn't want to talk about it in the third one because I didn't want to, you know, no spoilers. Yeah. But when I saw that third episode and I saw Barb in the pool and I recognized she's in exactly the same space, it's just some kind of parallel dimension. Um, So now the question is, how do you get there and how do you get, you know, people out of it? Yeah. you know, so I think the f- the very first time I watched it through, I saw her in that pool. I was like, "Oh, parallel dimension, obviously." Uh, we we know about these things. Um, yeah. So now it's just a question of how you get there and how eleven is connected. I guess um, is maybe the other question. So you know, so then to see them um, open up D and D and be like, "Oh, the veil of shadows." Oh, it's just an, just a mirror of the material plane. It's like, oh yeah, obviously. Um, uh, the it's the plane of shadows or the shadow fell. Like I know about this, I recognize this, um, and and I felt uh, pretty satisfied that I, I've read or watched or participated in enough science fiction to just see a thing like that coming. Like oh, makes sense. Yep, for sure. Um, yeah, I uh, the um, the AV guy, good old uh, Mister Clark. Yes. Um, just has no regard for uh, paper plates. But, yeah, I think it's a pretty classic illustration from uh, dimension to dimension that, um, you know, folding a piece of paper and punching a hole through it to, um, yeah, to explain, you know, how you can either travel through time and space, travel through space-time, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was, you know, nice, nice little call call out to like a pretty classic way that 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 uh, theory is illustrated mm-hmm. theoretically i agree i think mr clark's description well his description his diagram and demonstration of like the folding of space and time or was freaking perfect mm-hmm. is that similar absolutely can, can either of you remember is that similar to the uh what's the one that they do in uh Interstellar. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's a similar little diagram. Is that the one with, like, I don't know. I think it's the same idea to, to like, bend space. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think they just use a sheet of paper, though. Because that's, like, they open up a wormhole, and um, this isn't necessarily to another dimension, but it's just you can open up a wormhole someplace in space, uh, and then it's connected to another point in space by the way that it's bent. Um, yeah. I so I think right. they use a That's piece right. of paper to explain how to how to travel quickly through the through the universe. I think you're right. Now you say it, and I think and I think he uses maybe an ant instead of a flea for whatever reason. Insects get used in these uh, experiments. Six legged bastards. Speaking of legs this episode and he's like he's got two legs 
Yep. I mean, it's really upsetting the times that you find him feasting, like on the deer towards the end, and he's got all four of his extremities on the ground at the same time because it yeah. almost looks like he has four, but mm-hmm. uh, I think, yeah, I think he does have two, which is, you know, it's a great victory for monster kind. Um, that's what that thing does to deer. It's looking very, very good, very good for Barb. You don't think Barb's as agile as a deer? No. All right. No, I don't. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Yeah, I mean, also, I mean, who knows? Like, who knows what, what this creature's diet is at this point? I mean, maybe it's just deer. It's uh, just venison diet. It could just be deer. Mm-hmm. It only eats accidental beans. Oh, oh, crap. Accidental beans. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> Maybe maybe you would really like this. Maybe he only eats things with four legs. Maybe he only eats deer and dogs and critters. That's a really good point. I mean, we haven't seen the fate of Barb yet, but if your theory is correct and he does only eat venison or four-legged creatures, that would be, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, that would make the the monster the hero of not only this episode, but of probably the whole series. So we'll see. Is it is it that and time? With, it is that time. <laughs> you guessed. You guessed right. Uh, it's time for everyone's favorite segment. Who's the hero? I'm John Love, not the hero, and with me as always, the potential heroes. Uh, so Brent, you won the initiative roll. Uh, who do you got? Who's the hero? I feel like if there's any episode that that I feel like a chance of getting this one right, maybe it might be this one. Uh, because I'm going to say here of this episode, it's uh, it might be Mr. Clark, uh, the teacher, uh, who draws that little diagram on a paper plate at at a, at a funeral, a real hero. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Steve, as I'd like to say, I'm just the hero. Who's the hero? I have written down in my notes it was Mr. Clark for his awesome description diagram and demo demonstration of oh wow this is unprecedented so far consensus on who's the hero unfortunately (laughs) (laughs) although scott clark and actually i will admit that i think um my understanding of what what mr clark does in future episodes uh, kind of diminishes his role in this episode. Yeah. So he comes in second place behind good old Jennifer Hayes. <laughs> oh, who, uh, you know, shows sure. some real emotion. Because oh, nobody else there really seems to be get, to give a shit at all, except for Joyce, Jonathan. The little, well, the little boys already know that he's out there somewhere. Uh, Joyce also knows that he's out there somewhere. Um, so Jonathan, I guess, is sad, probably. Lonnie doesn't give a shit. Lonnie. He's a work. Um, but good old Jennifer Hayes shedding tears on Will's behalf. So that's the stuff of heroes, and she is the hero. The hero. Make sure and spay and new to your pets and cut their front two legs off. Or back two. Or the left or the right two. Either way. 
Um, which, I mean, speaking of that, again, a little bit more um, uh, do genealogy here. I've got like a whole, it's not a family tree, but a genealogy list. Scooby-Doo? Yeah, the do oh, family. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you were just mm-hmm. talking about dogs with more, you know, mo- just different kinds of legs. And I- I'd love to get to the bottom of, again, Scrappy-Doo walking around on two, Scooby-Doo on all fours. Uh, apparently, well, there's there's a few of these that I'm interested in. Scooby Dumb, <laughs> which is, sounds disappointing. Uh, that's a real. That's a real do. Scooby Dumb. Well, here's the thing. Interestingly enough, you know, so like all of them have catchphrases. So, uh, you know, Scooby Doo We Do, Ruby Ruby Roo. Uh, you know, most of them have that that same. Um, Y- yippity, yippity yappity do or you know scrappy dappy do or uh apparently though it would make sense to to just be scooby dooby dumb but that's that's <clears> not <throat> it anyway yankee doodle do <laughs> apparently a long lost ancestor and then great grandpa scooby <laughs> which so i'm not qu- yeah. i'm not quite sure <laughs> How the names pass That's generations right. <laughs> in this family? <laughs> exactly. Spooky dude. I don't know. I mean, that sounds fun. Like you're relentless uh, on this Scooby Doo diligence, We're just like Hopper the... trying to get to the bottom of it. We got to get to the bottom of this Doo trail. What if all those lineage? It's just dudes from another dimension. Interesting. I like this theory. Oh shit! Well, Spooky Doo certainly. Dumb do with their Scooby Dumb. Scooby Dumb, right? Maybe he's just a shadow version of uh, of of the yeah. Scoobs. Mm-hmm. We need to find some kids that can meddle for us in order to get to the bottom of this. Okay. Well, I'll keep you updated. Thanks. Yeah, it's been nice. Um, well, I don't know. Is it uh, check Steve's predictions? It's Steve's prediction corner time. Yeah, sure. Um, should we play the theme song? It's Steve's Prediction Corner, <laughs> making predictions and getting them points in exchange for getting them correct or not. Corner. Like <laughs> it. Oh, Great. welcome back to Steve's Prediction Corner. I think I'm hosting this. <laughs> predictions from last episode for this one. Number one. Is that Hopper beating the stuffing out of someone or something? Yes, out of someone, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to say, just right off the bat here in Steve's prediction corner, I think Steve is going to rack up uh, mucho points here. Uh, in a, yeah, just unprecedented fifth, fifth quarter here. I have some opinions about that. <laughs> All right, well, let's, let's get into it. Um, so beating the stuffing out of somebody. The beginning of the episode, he punches that security lead dude right in the face. Oh, that was that was true this episode. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not only does he do that, punches that guy in the face, but he also literally cuts the stuffing out of his own couch. <laughs> so, you know, that's not someone, but I think the co- combination of those two events 
because no stuffing comes out of the guy that he punches that I saw. Um, but I think combined, that, that's that's a full pointer. Full point, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Excellent. Let's see. Joyce continues. Uh, what continues remodeling? <laughs> yep. I think with a little help from Lonnie, between the blue tarp and the new uh, new wall structure. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, there's I some think, hammering. Uh, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, I think this is another kind of similar case to that first uh, prediction where Lonnie definitely remodels. Uh, really help, but you see her later uh, with, and I remember during one particular scene, uh, I, she probably helps Hopper uh, unscrew some of the light bulbs. Oh, definitely. So that's probably remodeling. So I think, uh, I mean, I'm at least three quarters, if not a full pointer on this one, too. I'm, I'll am i go full points. Yes. Yes. Like I said, this is uh, yeah. unprecedented. Okay. Next one. This is a uh, uh, prediction with the potential for two additional half points. Somebody eats candy. <laughs> Potential bonus points if that somebody is Dustin and if that candy is Reese's, PBC's, peanut butter cups. <laughs> All right, Steve, defend yourself. Yeah. Dustin does eat something. It's not candy. But it is a, it is a, a non-Nilla wafer. It's an off-brand Nilla wafer. Yeah, so the the real question is, are vanilla wafers candy? Could they could an argument be made that vanilla well, wafers Well, I'm happy that Steve already disqualified himself because he said right off the bat that vanilla wafers are not candy. <laughs> Cuz I thought it was going to be you know, a trench warfare over here trying to figure out if vanilla wafers could be considered candy. Uh yeah. So this is I'm glad that Steve that you uh did the honorable thing and declared that they were not candy. Mm-hmm. Make an argument for a quarter point in the fact that Dustin was the one that ate something. Okay. Nobody else eat anything. Well, I, I think Dustin eating candy was worth a half a point, and mm-hmm. therefore I'm going to give you that half a point yeah. for Dustin. But this okay. this question was worth a total of two, so yeah. I'll take it. you know. Yeah. So we're saying a half point for Dustin. Yep. Mr. Clark, uh, does he get a new ham radio? Was that or was that the prediction? He gets really bummed about. Oh, gets bummed about his ham radio. Because it got broken. Yeah. I think the second part of that was he tries to find his keys, and I don't think he was very concerned about his keys. Yep. Um, There is a quote from the principal when he brings that like service tech guy into into look at the ham radio and he says, uh, Mr. Clark said he's never seen anything like it. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I don't think that means that he's bummed, but, um, you know, bamboozled, confused at least. Uh, Uh, so I think it can be confirmed that, uh, Mr. Clark shows emotion with regards to the ham radio. So that's I think that's a quarter point total because he yeah. doesn't lose his keys. So that's like 
you know, I think a quarter point is, is fair. I think he lost his keys, but... I don't know. We, we don't see it. There's not enough evidence. Inconclusive. Yeah. Wow. Regardless, yeah, regardless of, you know, nitpicking that last one, that's, that's two and three quarters points this week, uh, you know, which isn't too far behind the running total that you had, which was three and a half. So, as far as I'm concerned, six and a quarter points. Wow. It's a good scoring round. I'm just over halfway to that prize from Accidental Beans. That's right. Uh, uh, texting while you're... Whoops. <laughs> texting while you're eating beans. Whoops. I dropped my phone into the beans. Now I can't call my mom or... or uh, Bush of Bush's baked beans. <laughs> Accidental beans. <laughs> and we're back. Um, you ready to make those predictions for uh, the next episode? <laughs> yes, I am. Next episode, prediction number one. My agents show up from D.C. on a special assignment. <laughs> it's one of them like pretty skeptical about, you know, uh, making contact, but the other one, you know, wants to believe. Wants to believe. No. I think the names will be like, um, or something like that. Yeah. Um, well, the truth is out there. Prediction number two for next episode. Uh, Nance gets a piece of that, that monster. Yeah. Fight or she gets away, she gets a swipe at that sucker. We meet Lucas's dad. <laughs> played by Chris Rock. Do you wanna I would say that Chris Rock could be a half point bonus. Alright. I like that. Okay. Uh prediction number four. Hopper drinks coffee. Uh, getting back into Hopper consuming. I like it. I missed that one last week. I could have had one of those. Number five, my last prediction. Lonnie opens up a handyman business. Jonathan's years at NYU. Those are my predictions. All right. That's how we play. Steve's prediction corner. Uh, what's what, what do we got next? You know, I think after uh, one of those predictions just made me think that I think after uh, after every episode of Winona Ryder using tools, I, I really like to watch the following episode of Nance using baseball bats. <laughs> yep, Nance was a badass this episode between shooting and swinging that baseball bat. Yeah, a little bit. Um, and that brings us to everyone's favorite segment, my axe to grind. Uh, I mean, we can go on and on about people holding things strangely when they swing it around. The number one rule of people swinging stuff around is don't sneak up on them, Steve. Mm. What the fuck is wrong with you? And then he tried to blame 
Nancy when he saw her swing at least twice? Yep. Oh, she's practicing for softball. Just give her some space, literally. <sighs> that being said, Steve actually redeemed himself a little bit this episode. He seemed like kind of a nicer guy. But was it? Hmm. But that's – I shouldn't have said that because that's, that's not – fodder for your axe to grind that's it don't walk up don't walk up on people swinging baseball bats (laughs) they're swinging them and now it's time for dyson's question master corner great (laughs) from dyson that's what they pay me the big bucks for it's a very small number of bucks but they're very large dollars very large in size um how how the heck do people figure out how to tie ties before Google? Especially if they have absent dads. Dyson, your favorite time traveler and teammate from the 80s who should know the answer to this question but has been living for too long in, the, in a time cage mm-hmm. and can't remember a life before Google existed. Dyson. That's a good... So, gang. Well, that's a good question. <laughs> you know, and I honestly didn't even notice... Um, when they were at the funeral, I didn't didn't notice that the boys were wearing ties. When I did notice it was when uh, Lucas when they were all after like you know post funeral and Lucas's Lucas did the thing where you untie your tie but it's still hanging around your shoulders. You know, um, the other boys just like loosened the, the knots a little bit, but Lucas's was like hanging around him like he just got done working and smoking and whatever. Um, yeah, and it, it was like yeah. overtly noticeable at that point. Um, so I don't know. Maybe as far as I know, he didn't ever tie it and he never learned and and we won't ever meet his father and Steve's predictions won't come true and it, it won't all work out in the end. I don't know. Take it back. I was I was mainly talking about uh, Jonathan Byers and his frustration trying to tie a tie. Yeah, that's I realized. And that the now. fact that Lonnie was fucking there for the first time ever mm-hmm. and didn't even help him. Maybe they're born with it. <laughs> Who knows? Did I John- certainly wasn't. Did Jonathan wear a tie to the funeral? I didn't. I'd looked. Mm. Yeah, the, if you have an absentee father, you don't learn how to tie a tie. You couldn't figure it out, and you didn't didn't wear one. Well, there you go, Dyson. Yeah, it's hard. Hopefully, you can find your father. Hopefully, you didn't abandon him when you time-traveled from the 1980s. Actually, I wonder, because we never figured out exactly when Dyson came from the 80s. I wonder if him and Steve could meet up on their on their side of this time rift. Mm-hmm. We could try. Yeah, I th- as far as I know, he was mostly in China during the 1980s, but I can't really confirm that. He's got some teammates still over yeah, there. It's pretty close to Indiana, but planet, that's about as close as it gets. All right. Yeah, as far as I remember, China was a pretty, I don't know, there weren't a lot of people there, so you should maybe go over there and ask around. Mm-hmm. They'll probably know There's him. way more people, yeah. In 1980s China than I know, so. I think there's more people in Indiana than there are in China. I cannot confirm that. You you would know. This is That's your time and place. I don't know. I figure history would tell. I figure you guys would know. I don't yeah. know. Meh, I don't. Meh, not really. I mean, we're the we're the very few. Uh, some would say lucky. Some would say cursed uh, members of our society that know really anything about Earth and its uh, authors. 
um, and history and everything. So I don't know. Gotcha. Uh, well, that's that's all I had. That's that's about uh, that's about all I got to say about this episode. Um, yeah, maybe well, since I've seen it like so many times, mm-hmm. what, taking notes throughout the episode made me realize like it does really feel like just kind of a really long movie, which I think the Duffer brothers specifically mentioned that wanting to be their goal. Mm-hmm. Like um, there obviously are like breaks in the action for the next like episode to start. But when I look back at my notes, I've kind of forgot about some of the things I'd written down from the earlier parts of the episode. Um, just, um, yeah, I, I don't know. The timeline gets kind of confused. Do you yeah. feel the same, have the same experience, Steve, since this is your first time watching it? And it's maybe since I've seen it a couple times now. I, I felt like this episode was one of the more, one of the more dense with um, references and setup on the whole, that when Hopper's going into uh, the lab facility, into the quarantine area, that almost like an entire episode in and of itself. And then you, because you're dealing with the funeral stuff, and then all of a sudden we hop back to this trailer and uh, knocked out, and you almost feel like you're that's the start of another episode. Like that feels more like that kind of transition. So I think there's quite a few moments in this episode where we're to place, and it almost feels like, like um, there wasn't enough time for them to be at the funeral and then also go the compasses that is um, it feels like multiple episodes all in one episode but really does yeah gotcha I think so I think you're right too John I, I would say the same thing like to me after watching it the first time it does feel like one well it's certainly one consistent narrative throughout the eight episodes you know it's not like everything gets wrapped up by the end you know of the 40 50 minute episode whatever yeah I, I'd, I'd be curious almost just to stitch the whole thing together and just watch it through and maybe that's just a luxury that you know for like the streaming um medium you 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 know if you don't have commercial breaks or you don't have a half an hour to fit into um you have the luxury to, to just tell a single story a little bit more absolutely yeah just kind of curious um pretty unique show mm-hmm. um for that time to do something like that, where it does feel like all, you know, really, um, yeah, overlapping and kind of just flows the whole, the whole way through. All right. Yeah. Well, in that case, time to to rhyme it out. It's time to rhyme it out. Oh, and I guess I, Oh, uh, so we're going to say, um, wafer. What rhymes with wafer? Quaker. Quaker. <laughs> Laser. Good builder. Good, good rhymes. See ya. See you next episode. Y'all ready for the next episode? Hey. Legs every day. Quaker.